You're listening to Dads, Diapers, and Drinks. Three dads trying to lead their families well in a crazy world. So grab a drink, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey everybody, welcome back to Dad's Diapers and Drinks. I'm your host Scott. And I'm Nathan. And I'm Jeff. You're listening to episode 31. That's right. Is it now? We're into our 30s. Into our 30s. We're yes. a middle-aged man. Aww. No, I hope not. That's, that's <laughs> a bit depressing. Unless you're Bob Saget. Uh, you never know. Who died yesterday at oh. the age of 65. Did you not know well, that's that? That's rough. I did not know that. Wow. Bob Saget died yesterday. Man. Yeah. I was trying so, to remember what I actually knew on the high note. <laughs> <laughs> what, Jeff? What do I actually know him from? Full House. Is that uh, it? Yeah. Pretty much. That's all anyone knows him from. And he was a stand-up comedian. <laughs> um, um, never watched I Full House. I think I'm thinking of something else. I thought he was on The Price is Right for some reason. Oh, he hosted game shows. Not The Price is Right. Okay, uh, it was game like shows. Uh, America's Funniest Home Videos. Yes. Not oh, game shows, that's what I know him from yes. then. Yes. AFV. Yeah, AFV. Okay. Yeah. I was like, I was like, no way, because I know him, and I never watched Full House. I don't know what I'm. Yeah. I'm missing here. something in here that's not quite making it. AFV. We watched a fair bit of that growing up. Yeah, it's good stuff. They didn't say cause of death. It was weird. He had tweeted like in the wee hours of the morning, like Saturday night, three a.m., which was Sunday. Um, like he had just finished a show and he looked totally healthy and things were fine, and then he. Just, I heard there was like di- an investigation into his death too. I don't know. I didn't read any news today. Initially, it said they didn't suspect drugs or foul play. Well, but yeah. for someone to just drop dead after being totally healthy, it's a little suspect. It's a little weird. Yeah. It's either drugs or maybe he's had a he's had a heart attack. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, people people drop dead sometimes. Sometimes it's just time to go. Yeah. You never know. Anyway, the fragility so, of life. So that's sad. Um, <laughs> On a positive note, we're drinking beverages. Yes, we are. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot what this is. This is it's the black velvet. This is the uh, the budget budget drink. The black velvet Canadian yeah. whiskey. Mm. It's a blended Canadian whiskey. Eight years. That is my father in law's go to. <laughs> oh right. really? Yeah, I, I've had much black velvet. He he always has a bottle of black velvet at home. It is a very relaxed beverage. It is not yeah. aggressive. Not much going on there. Very relaxed. It's very tight. It's pretty. It's pretty decent for making. Mixed things, which is my my yeah. my in law family mixed drinks all the time. Mm-hmm. So it's good for mixed drinks with bourbons, absolutely. Which is what we use them for. It's enjoyable. Yeah. I am uh, I'm drinking my my usual Glen Morangi fourteen. Enjoyable, Very nice. fantastic. Very nice. I already chugged my coffee because I was falling asleep. So that's gone. <laughs> but <laughs> following it up with some scotch that'll yeah. help mellow me back out. I hope. Good calls. But I you made the mistake of we opened a bottle of wine with dinner. Mm-hmm. And it was really good, so I had a very large glass of it. And yeah. wine puts me right to sleep every <laughs> time I drink wine. I just fall asleep. It's yeah. uncanny how fast it does that. So mm. I had some wine, and I was like, "Oh my goodness, it's eight o'clock. I am drowsy. <laughs> I, I'll never make it through a podcast if I'm if I'm already this tired." I know. So that happened to me yesterday. We were we spent the afternoon at my in laws mm-hmm. and. uh we're playing board games, and I had a few beers. And then I got home, sat on the couch, and I did. I had intended to keep working on some mixes for a friend. And I was like, I'm not getting off this couch. There's no <laughs> chance. Uh, I was just so exhausted. So, Oh, yeah. 
I'm really, I, I, I seriously am really excited to hear how those next, those next three songs come out because mm. I'm, I'm curious to see what can be made of, of it. They have yeah, potential, absolutely. and I'm, I'm curious to see what magic you can make out of, the, out of those tracks. So, yep, uh, we'll see. Um, it's, uh, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> it's a process. It'll be a process. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, with the holidays and me getting sick we, we kind of the timeline is very compressed so i don't have time to have him re-record stuff or anything so i'm kind of whatever we have is what we're going with and yeah so there are a few parts where i'm like uh i kind of wish we could redo that but we're kind of stuck so <laughs> this, the song itself will be it is the song of whatever. acceptance yes <laughs> anyway um Today's episode, we're going to talk about some life skills that we believe yes. everyone should well, be learning. Before what? we jump into that, any any life updates from you guys in the past week? Anything interesting? Um, no, it's been pretty right down the middle. Um, aside from the fact that uh, I'm going to do a little shout out to my father-in-law, Pete, is fixing my wife's car. The fuel lines and the brake lines decided to fail literally right before... We were about to go on our trip to uh, North Carolina. Yeah. So you told that story. Yeah. yeah. So that whole process. So he is looking into it and it's being more than he expected, but he thankfully has the skills to be able to repair it. And it probably would have been like two to three grand if we had to get someone to do it because it's very labor intensive. Right. But the actual parts are like very inexpensive. So he's doing all the work for us and wow we're just gonna pay him for the materials and buy him some beer (laughs) (laughs) materials and some beverages thank Thank you 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 are literally saving our lives uh so that is a blessing so other than that he's uh doing that oh and katie drove for the first time the other day wow which was really awesome coming along for the first time for the first time ever for the first time since (laughs) since she she just got her license so she's like actually walking around and she's able to drive and she feels confident enough that she could do it. Um, so that's big steps happening there in her recovery all in all. So good things. Very yeah. cool. Mm-hmm. Davis's first birthday is this Friday. Woo-hoo. Oh yes. So we are, it's going to be great getting prepared for the party. Um, we're having a party on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really first birthday parties are weird. It's, I don't know. Davis will have no idea what's going on. He, he does not know he's turning one. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're just having our friends over and we're hanging out and yep. we're <laughs> celebrating, celebrating one year of keeping Davis alive. Pretty much. Yeah. It's a party for us. <laughs> yeah. So. It is Victory. so much more for mom and dad. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that'll be fun. Uh, yeah. I can't believe he's one already. And Oh my gosh, this is, this is embarrassing, but I, I feel like I have to tell the story. Hit us. Kelsey put together this video on Instagram. Just it's a one minute video. It's it's a reel, the Instagram reels. Yeah, and it's just a, a compilation of pictures of Davis from when he was a newborn until now. And she it's like sixty pictures, all one second long. Yeah, and she put this music behind it that <laughs> I just just I got you. I cannot watch the video without <laughs> sobbing, dude. It. Literally every time. Oh yeah. I I can't. I so I try so hard to just watch it and disassociate my emotions, <laughs> and I can't do it. It just the music and oh, yeah. seeing my son growing throughout the the duration of the video and 
all the adorable pictures we have of him and of, oh my word. like me interacting with him and Kelsey interacting with him. It's like, uh, instant tearjerker. And I <laughs> yeah, like, it's, it freaking broke me last night. I like had a cry session for like, <laughs> like 10 minutes. It's like, I feel you just let it all out. It was, ugh. I, I don't know why that happens. Sometimes things get that. Things do that to me. I feel like yeah. sometimes, I, I, sometimes the emotions just come all, yeah. all out of me. So. You need like that emotional reset almost. Yeah. Like, you know, Actually, like, so, and that for have it be a, like a positive thing. Like I can take that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At least it's not like felt, a disaster in your life. <laughs> no, I you felt, know? I mean, I, it kind of felt good afterwards, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, wow, I just released all this emotion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and now I'm like, huh? Oh, yeah, I got, I got all that out. So relaxed. So you know, like, I, I hate I hate Google for many reasons, but Google mm. Photos has a memories oh. thing that they put a little compilation together for you. Mm-hmm. And on like Kelly's second birthday, because Google knows her birthday, even though I haven't put that anywhere, it figured it out. <laughs> yeah. Do you know her birthday? Nope. <laughs> Google, Google does. does That's not yeah. creepy. But it put together a little compilation of of memories with Kelly. Yeah. It also knows her name. You know how freaky it's fine. If you want to get in yeah. the weeds and how that works, totally I, I, fine. I can explain it. But and so she gives this little collage of pictures of me and my daughter over her life. And I was like, oh, I just love it so much. It just makes me so happy. It's so uh-huh. crazy. I, I, I said this story when Kelly first got her first serious injury when she bit through her lip when she fell off a of bed and like carved yeah. her lip open. <clears throat> how I reacted so emotionally, like this really deep seated, like, like fury is like the only word that comes to mind i was just yeah i was ready like my daughter was hurt and in pain and in shock and i was like ready to fight somebody if i i was on <laughs> some other level there's no one to fight yeah. i was i was just in a kitchen with uh, my family but i was like my daughter like yeah. someone hurt my kid i was gonna lose it there's some crazy emotions that just appear when it comes to mm-hmm. your kids that you just don't experience in any other context it's so yeah. crazy yeah, and the year, first year of his life was, as you said early on in this podcast, Jeff, the, the highs are higher and the lows are lower. Mm-hmm. And uh, seeing that video Kelsey put together, it was just a compilation of all the highs. Mm-hmm. And you just realize, holy cow. <laughs> it's unreal. It's Yeah, being a dad is pretty amazing. So The lows are low. T- the lows are really pretty freaking low. <laughs> the lows are low. But <laughs> speaking, yeah. So he's teething right now. Yeah. Uh, We're really hoping that doesn't ruin the party. But um, Friday night, he just woke up. So <laughs> I was up late gaming with you, Jeff. Yeah. We were playing Halo. I went to bed at one. Nice. Davis wakes up at two, screams from two to four because <laughs> his teeth are killing him. And uh, Kelsey and I are just switching off like, all right, you hold them. I'll go try to get some more sleep. And then we, we switch and it was, it was horrible. So I got like five, four hours of sleep, maybe Friday night. Um, but yeah, that was, that was pretty low. Um, then he does cute things the next day and you're like, all right, kid, you're pretty cool. I I was was joking (laughs) with some of my, some of my friends I play league of legends with. Mm -hmm. And one of them is, I think he's probably our age, maybe a little, maybe, maybe you're older than me. And he has a, like a three or four month old son. And he was, we were joking with one of our friends who was getting off at like 1130. He's like, Oh, it's late. I'm going to go to bed. We're like, Oh, it's late. What are you going to get your beauty sleep? It's like, yeah, I always try to get eight hours. And we just started laughing. We're like, Dude, I've gotten eight hours of sleep. I was like, I've got eight hours of sleep in three years. (laughs) (laughs) I don't sleep. What are you talking about? You just deal with it. You become a parent. You just learn how to function. 
It's yeah. Luckily, before Davis's teething hit the high gears, um, he was sleeping through the night regularly, and I, yeah. I was getting eight hours of sleep regularly. But then Halo Infinite came out. <laughs> Your <and> second child. <laughs> that's right. My second child was born on November whatever. <laughs> whenever Halo Infinite came yeah. out. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So. Anyway. Yeah. Good life updates. Yeah, yeah. Those, those are good. Um, now we're going to talk about essential life skills. Yes. And just life skills in general. I actually, I had a, uh, a question to kind of start us off to you guys. Okay. Is there anything that you wished you were taught growing up that was not taught to you, be it by your parents or by school or anyone? Is there any Ooh. like particular thing that you're like, I'm an adult now and I know this. And man, if I had just known this at 15 my life would be astronomically better or even just substantially better. <laughs> we don't have to go astronomical. <laughs> part of me wants to say financial management. Yeah. But yeah, the other part of me wants to say leaning. that there's just no way to comprehend it until you make money. That's the, also where I was going to go. <laughs> like you can explain it's, it to a 15 year old. Like, Oh, you need to understand how investment works and return on investment mm-hmm, and yeah. saving for the future. And like, Oh yeah, totally. Totally. You know, the new Xbox came out and I want all five of those games and that's going to be $750 <laughs> and I have that mm-hmm. much money in the bank. So I'm buying it. Well, it's like, there's nothing that's happening. Like there's no fixing that. Yeah. I think yeah. typically the personal finance classes are for seniors or like upperclassmen kids yeah. who have at least been, been working most likely for a year or two. Yeah. So they kind of have their own income. They hopefully have like a savings account with some money in it. You're like, what do I do with it? Uh, hopefully they haven't spent it. No. Well, those are all things to teach, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so, um, I, so like I don't know. Partially I, I I'd like to it. say that, it's a, but I also it is just a class don't think it's possible. Offered. And I honestly don't even believe that it's the, uh, like a lack of financial understanding. You just can't grasp the gravity of it. Yeah. Like there's certain people that have like our friend Berkeley he figured out finances way earlier than pretty much anyone that I know. And I'm like, man, if I could have just have done that <laughs> beforehand, That's it would true. have been a game changer. Yeah. And like, I feel like certain people get it, but, but it's, yeah. it, I feel like they're very easy. much the exception to the rule. And until yeah. you have the actual, here's a, here's a modern phrase that I hate that I'm going to use the lived mm-hmm. experience of making money, spending money, managing money. You don't understand the value of saving. Yeah. You just don't yet. It's like someone can tell you it's really important to save and you go, well, how important is really important? Because in my life, hitting mm-hmm. rank 15 Halo is really important. Yeah. <laughs> so how important is saving compared to that? It's like, well, it's yeah. more when you're older, but when you're young, you just don't freaking know. Yeah. And my problem when I, when I first graduated college and I moved back in with mom and dad, my rent was 500 a month mm-hmm. and that was my only expense. And I paid for gas in my car, but that was it. So I didn't have to pay utilities or anything mm-hmm. like that. I five hundred a month going to mom and dad, and I make way more than that every month. Yeah, as I, you know, mm-hmm. entry level engineering job. Like I was, I was doing pretty well, but I didn't. I never set any goals for myself mm-hmm. financially. I I wasn't. I had no idea what I wanted to do. So I was just kind of spending a lot of money. Bought new golf clubs. Uh, bought a computer. Mm-hmm. Just bought a bunch of stuff that didn't mean anything mm-hmm. because I didn't really have a plan. So that would have been good to have been taught. And I know mom tried, but sometimes you just can't learn from it your doesn't parents. Land. You can't learn certain things from your parents because you just tune them out. I don't yeah. know. It's not, nothing against you, mom. I know you guys are listening now, but I just, there's certain things that I'm just not going to 
be able to get <laughs> yeah. from you. I have to hear it from someone else. And so honestly, even sometimes not even hear it from someone else. You honestly, there's certain things that I would not have learned unless I had hardcore failed at it. Like school of hard knocks exactly. all the way. Like I have That's to, I, I have to feel the pain and be like, this is why I will never do this again. <laughs> kind of yeah. scenario. Or doing yeah. house wiring with a hot circuit. Good morning. Yes. Hello. I did not know that was on. <laughs> yeah. All I got to do that once to go, all right, I'm just going to turn off all the electricity in my house when I'm doing this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's that main circuit breaker. Bam. All, all dead. Yeah. We found that out in my house when we were doing a bunch of work here because whoever set up my uh, breakers did mm-hmm. it in a, a cor- I don't know what your, your phrase was, aggressive, I think. Not well. Um, <laughs> so you there's there's one that's labeled the furnace room and you go oh okay turn that off Bzz, that wire's still on why the heck like I don't know <laughs> yep. I don't know what's on and what's not turn them all off don't even care yeah <laughs> miserable sometimes yeah maybe when Davis is older mm-hmm. I will send him around the house plugging things in <laughs> <laughs> like I'll turn one breaker off and go like, find the outlets that don't work anymore. We're going to map the whole house here, yeah, I'm going to map this out. <laughs> Here's the Christmas lights. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Go and plug like, it in. Is it on? It's on. <laughs> we have the garage, the garbage disposal, um, and then like the rest of the basement here on one breaker or something. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make sense. It. I, I think in, like electricians sometimes, they just, they do most of the work and then they're like, yeah, it doesn't matter. There's room here. Just... Well, good enough. <laughs> in this, in the case of this house, the electrician was Kelsey's grandpa, who oh. also did the construction. Yeah. Like all, you know, he did it all himself. Mm-hmm. So he did yeah. very well, all things considered. But he did some things where you're like, "You're not a professional at this." Are you? <laughs> you winged so, this part, didn't you? <laughs> you, yeah. Like our, <laughs> if you go into the back room over there, mm-hmm. where all of our junk is stored, you can see wires hanging out. Uh-huh. That's the power for our dishwasher. Uh- <laughs> it's just, it's just wire nutted into a live wire coming in just cut not in a box yeah (laughs) which oh that's fun but on on this idea here you're talking about the house that you live in was built by your Mm -hmm. in-law grandfather the house that we grew up in in ohio was built by our great-grandfather i would never dream of building my own house yeah Mm. but a hundred years ago that was just a thing yeah people would just build houses apparently because there's multiple examples so there's there's something uh, part of m- just modern living that we don't seem to tackle as large of projects anymore. Not that I think the three of us in, on this show obviously I mean, have done a, really... a large amount of, of home <laughs> improvement stuff and work on our cars and all those type of things. Like I think yeah. I, don't, I don't know if we're above average in the amount that we're willing to do at home, but from the people mm-hmm. that I'm friends with, I think I do more, especially I don't know my house. We've done more work, more maintenance of our own homes than most people mm-hmm. do mm-hmm. that might that's a that's a very hey if you want th- this might be completely well, wrong don't know but I, my perception well, is that we might be a bit more handy than most and i i don't know it's interesting i would i would agree with that sentiment that anecdote yeah. uh, i think the mo- our our generation um in general is more attracted to living the apartment life or um, I don't know, not being a homeowner. Mm-hmm. Um, and if they are a homeowner, maybe you don't fix things yourself. You, you hire out con- everything. Hi- you hire it out. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are a lot of benefits to becoming handy to learning these life skills because contractors are expensive. Dude, I've and said this. You save a lot of money by doing it yourself. 
so many times. Uh, it is expensive not to know how to do things. Like, not knowing how to do things costs so much money. Yeah. And sometimes a lot of it is like even, I don't even know if it's just that we are more skilled, but like, because I don't think we are, honestly, we don't have that much more knowledge than anyone else, Yeah. but we are willing to try. And that's I'm more like 50% of the battle. Like I'll, I'll try. <laughs> like I'm pretty, I'm 90% confident I can figure this out. And if I can, I'm at least humble enough to say, I can't do it. I'm going to bring someone in. <laughs> yeah. And, and <laughs> to point. me, to me, that's one of the bigger things that I definitely learned from, I was going to say my dad, but really it's both my parents mm-hmm. is the mentality of we can probably do it. It's, it's basically, it's about that thick. It's not that complicated of a thing. It's just, mm-hmm. yeah, we could probably do that. Mm-hmm. And viewing almost every single problem you ever face as, you know, I bet, I bet we could do it. Mm-hmm. It, is, it applies in the workplace too when someone says, you know, oh, there's this problem that needs to be solved. And you go, I could probably, I don't know, I could probably figure that out if you want me to try. Mm-hmm. And someone says, sure, you want to try? And you go, okay. And then you go do it and your value at the workplace just goes up because you mm-hmm. say, I can probably solve whatever problem I think I can. It's likely I could puzzle this thing out if I put some effort into it. And when you go into everything with that kind of just optimistic mentality about your ability to, to do a thing, mm-hmm. it, it it's just, I don't know, that's probably the most beneficial thing that I really learned. And it applies to like all the home projects we do, mm-hmm. whether it's cutting trees down in your backyard. The first time you cut a big tree down and you go, this is terrifying. It's like, yeah, mm-hmm. well you going to do it or not? And you're like, I don't know. I guess we're, we're going to do it. It's, it yeah. probably won't kill me. I'll, we'll figure it out. And then you just, you go yeah. for it. And then the next time you're like, I've done this. I can handle this. And you, you keep moving. But not right. being mm-hmm. too intimidated by problems and saying, I can probably get through it. Uh, something that I wish I had been more of a student of, I guess, because I feel like I was maybe a little bit arrogant in this area, but from watching and being involved in, uh, the whole cooking process at my house growing up, I felt like I was like, I got a grasp on this. Like It's not that hard. And I wasn't wrong, but I was such a novice when I moved out that I like, like the things that I would cook are like baby's first meal. <laughs> like yep. I can make macaroni and cheese <laughs> spaghetti. I can do that. It comes in this. I put the water in there and then I heat that sauce up done. <laughs> like, and it's just so low quality even now compared to where I like the things that I can make now. And I really wish I had actually, you know, been willing to invest the time and the energy to like actually get into some sort of learning situation with my mom. Cause I feel like that school, not that school, that skill would have been extremely valuable after leaving home. Yeah. That's something that we've talked about with our kids is that we really want to make it a priority to include them in the cooking and preparing of meals and stuff mm-hmm. because it's just, I don't know. I, I agree. I, I was very, and I don't know if this is, and this isn't like to blame or anything, but I, I had like no ability to make myself a nice dinner when I moved out of my house at, when I was 19 and moved down to Kent. Yeah. Well, even when I lived in Kent as, as a student, I ate everything out of the cafeteria because I was a student. That's what you do. But then I moved yeah. into a house and I literally ate everything from ordering stuff from restaurants. I ate out wow. for like every single meal for a year and a half. 
That's crazy. Which, <laughs> nowadays, I can't even <laughs> fathom the oh, amount I spent on food in that year and a half. It was a lot, mm-hmm. but that's what I ended up doing. So, yeah, would have been nice if I had learned the skill of cooking and baking mm-hmm. in particular. Yeah, I don't know. For me, it's not worth the time. Well, that's the struggle I always have, is that you're like, it has to be worth what I'm getting out of it. Yeah. Which I feel like is the main problem when you're cooking at a certain level. But once you get above a certain thing, the quality you can make at home is actually better unless you're going to a very expensive restaurant. And so the juice is worth the squeeze at that point. (laughs) Right. Yeah, because I... There are always lots of things I want to be doing in the evenings and mm-hmm. cooking is not one of them. Yeah. And it often takes me an hour to make eat, to make and eat dinner, let alone clean up. You know, you're looking at an hour and a half mm-hmm. of your evening gone. I'm like, I could just swing by <laughs> some other place, get takeout and yeah. go on with my evening mm-hmm. and it costs more money. Yeah. But I regained a lot of my time. Mm-hmm. So it kind of depends on how you value your time. Yeah. Um, so, but I, I, yeah, even just with the cooking process, like I grew up in a household where I sat the table, I sat the table, I set the table. <laughs> um, I was part of the cleaning process. Uh, I was part of a lot of the standard household things that, you know, most people be like, oh, that's actually like the things that my mom did growing up, you know? She did the laundry and she did this and she did that. And mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, my mom did a lot of that, but she made a concerted effort to make me involved in it and my sister involved in it as well. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's little things that are dumb, like, like laundry. Yeah. We used to joke when Ellen and I were dating, she would come over to my house and walk into my basement and she would just go, I'm doing your laundry. And then she would just, <laughs> because I was like, I, I don't know. I have like another pair of socks to wear and one more pair of underwear and, and a t-shirt. Yeah. That's enough for me for like yeah. two days. Yeah. And you She's still like, get to flip, flip the underwear inside out. Yeah. You got, you got one more rotation on these bad boys. Like, yeah. <laughs> so she goes oh, like, I am freaking doing your list is unacceptable. I was like, all right, I don't know. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah. I used to, <laughs> I made a joke. Um, was this, at my chagrin house at the chagrin house yeah mm-hmm. for some reason i think kelsey's mom was over there and uh then my mom showed up i was like hey the cleaning lady's here yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. I you said that <laughs> yeah i remember that because mom cannot help herself nope she walks um, into a room and goes i need to clean these things i need yeah. to sweep mm-hmm. this needs to be vacuumed <laughs> this needs to be dusted <laughs> but i remember my mother-in-law, like we, we weren't married. Kelsey and I weren't married yet. She's like, mm-hmm. you did not just say that. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I didn't. I did. I did say it. Yeah. I was trying to make it funny. It was kind of, it's kind of a joke, you know? She funny does joking, clean every time she's over here. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. I, I, the interesting thing is being, you know, being older, you just look at that kind of stuff and you go, okay, I get it. To a certain extent, you're like, yeah, like I, my threshold is way higher than Katie's for cleaning as a Same. whole. Like it is way higher. But the thing is, is I do have a threshold. And if I do start cleaning, I can't like, I'm just going to wipe down the counters or I'll just put the dishes away. I'm like, no, everything's going to be freaking clean because it like bugs me at that point. Right. Well, I'm I like, found- if I'm going to do a good job, it's going to be a freaking good job. <laughs> right. The hardest part is starting. Yeah. But once I start, I'm like, you kind of get in that flow state. You're like, I'm cleaning mm-hmm. everything. Mm-hmm. You just. Yeah, get around the whole house and absolutely. So that, that that's kind of that makes cleaning a little more fun, actually. If you 
There's, you just kind of mindlessly do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, and especially these days, there's kind of a nice cathartic thing of being done cleaning and going, ah. Oh, yeah. My kitchen is clean. My living room mm-hmm. is clean. My house looks nice. It's kind of the, he's making his, he's making his appearance. It's kind of a Jordan Peterson thing of the, like, the <laughs> clean your room in that it, right. it's actually to your benefit to build the discipline mm-hmm. of cleaning your room and organizing as much of your life as you can, as yeah. s- simple and dumb as having a clean office. We redid yeah, my office, or- painted the walls gray, hung, hung different paintings, changed where my desk was located, mm-hmm. got some shelves and a new lamp. It took us a day, a one day remodel of my office. I love it in here now. Just to yeah. say, this is my space. I'm making it the way I want. I'm hanging the things I want. It's going to be the way I want it and keeping it that way. It's like, oh, it's so nice. Mm-hmm. It's so great to do that. But I didn't do, I, I had none of that when I was young. And I, again, I'm pretty sure I was a lost cause. I don't think there's a, this is not a rip of my parents. I think there was nothing that was going to make yeah. me do that stuff when I was 17. <laughs> yeah. There was just no yeah. chance. So absolutely. Um, how old were you guys when you started mowing the lawn? Ooh, young. And was that your thing? I was pretty young. I feel like I did it when we lived in Minnesota. Yeah, mm-hmm. you were mowing when we lived so in Minnesota. I would have been. I would have been tw- younger than twelve. Oh yeah, I was gonna say I was ten years old. We had like we had the tiniest little riding mower. Like mm-hmm. you sat on the engine <laughs> essentially because where nice. the engine was and like it had like this whole open front. So it was basically like a push, like an oversized push mower that you could sit on and ride. And so we had two and a half acres in Hiram at this point. So, I mean, it took two and a half, almost three hours to mow the whole lawn. And as much as I did hate it, like it built something in me that I don't think I could attain any other way. Yeah. There weren't podcasts back then either. No. You just, you just did it. You just mowed the lawn. I would sing to myself. <laughs> oh, yeah. We would do oh, yeah. that. <laughs> we would sing <laughs> horribly. And then someone oh, would yeah. come in and I go, Scott, you sounded horrible out there. Well, it's hilarious. I remember <laughs> oh, thinking, yeah. thinking the mower was loud enough that no, oh, yeah. one could, no one could hear me singing over the top of it. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> you definitely could. Oh, yeah. I'd be, I'd be singing like um aggressive christian worship <laughs> like Stephen <laughs> curtis chapman is now <laughs> yeah because i was 10 years old at that point i didn't listen to skillet or anything at that point right. i didn't even think they were a thing that would have been you were 10 years old in 2004 yeah so cutlass was good back then mm-hmm. oh. see of faces came out that year I remember what a great nice. album great album <laughs> switchfoot was massive oh wait oh, beautiful, beautiful letdown had just come out in yep. 2003 yeah oh some reliant k i was big in a reliant k early yeah. on in the days oh early reliant k yeah. was great um Oh, the interesting thing is, though, is I didn't really ever shovel snow until I had my own house because our driveway was a quarter mile long and you it was gravel. It so you either didn't do anything and you just drove over the snow until you couldn't get through and then it would be plowed. And that was it. So I never had to shovel snow. I think I shoveled like, like the sidewalks, walkway. Yeah. But that was it. Nice. So. Yeah. But- our house in Minnesota, we lived in a pretty dense neighborhood um so our yard wasn't huge and our driveway was pretty short so Mm -hmm. we got to shoveling pretty early on um i remember there was a week where it was like minus 20 for an entire week and we were snowed in Mm -hmm. and my dad was going to drive us to school i was like eight years old I, i don't know why i remember this but we missed the bus or something and uh 
My dad was going to drive us to school. Tons of snow in the driveway. I'm standing in the garage trying to keep warm because it's <laughs> minus freaking 20 out there. Yeah, Minnesota, dad, Minnesota. is cold, man. And oh. dad's, dad's out there shoveling, and he stops and looks at me. He's like, you going to help or what? Or something like that. <laughs> it's like, no, it's cold out there. I was not planning, planning on it, dad. <laughs> nope. <laughs> You're uh, doing great, dad. Looking fantastic. Yeah. No, but there's. I feel like, especially for guys, there's a lot of those kinds of like the physical labor things that you had to do. Like I helped with mulching every year. Oh yeah. You'd go and you'd back the truck into the mulch pile and they'd be like, how much you want? You're like, Oh, have this much. And then you freaking fill it up. You spend a whole eight hour day mulching all the beds and you just feel like you want to die afterwards. Cause you're a kid trying to wield a full size man shovel and it just <laughs> didn't work out very well. <laughs> full size man shovel. It's a full size yeah. man shovel. Um, but yeah, so I feel like, as guys, that was like the predominant thing of like you ended up doing a lot of like physical labor stuff. Like I was always taking out the trash growing up. Yeah, yeah. We had. I feel like our parents were never successful at keeping up with like a chores list or mm-hmm. um, rewarding us for getting certain chores done. But I think it's a good thing to attempt to implement because yeah. giving your kids chores teaches them teaches them those life skills. Like mm-hmm. here's like. Nothing happens until you do the dishes or yeah, um, until you do the laundry or like I was wondering as a parent how far I would take that. You know, mm-hmm. if I say you're cooking dinner tonight, none of us are eating <laughs> unless you cook dinner. Oh. It's kind of what I, I was thinking about taking it to that level. You're I don't know willing? if I could I don't know if I could pull it off, but I was like, what what if that would work? I don't know. If you got to you got to strategically hide snacks in the garage. Oh, I'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, uh, looks like I gotta go do some uh, work on the car. I'll be, I'll be outside. <laughs> right. Oh man, yeah. no, I feel like there's the difficulty is, is you there's a lot of things that you know school is gonna teach your kids, and but I feel like there's this idea that's like, oh, okay, I send my kids to school and uh, that's it, or even more so, even from like a Spiritual perspective. I'll just send my kids to Sunday school and they can learn about Jesus there. All right. Now I'm just going to live life. And it's like, right. what kind of, where did you get that from? Who told you that that was correct? Right. To outsource the teaching of your kids, those types of things. Or to just school or church. Yeah. Anything. Yeah. 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 That's, it's, it's, it's tough because as, as I agree with you, we just started looking into preschools for Kelly, which is a mm-hmm. utterly bizarre experience. Yeah. And Alan is touring a preschool, I think tomorrow or tomorrow or Wednesday. And one of the things that we said, oh, I can't wait for her to be part of it's actually, she's going to be going in at three, which is like pre preschool school. Um, mm-hmm. So she'll do, she'll do two years of preschool. And one of the things we're excited about is having another adult there to say, Hey, pick up your toys here's how we pick oh, up our yeah. toys and we're like that's gonna be great because for some freaking reason your kid is so okay with disagreeing with you and not listening to you but another mm-hmm. adult comes in and says we're gonna put our toys away now and it works better yeah <laughs> yeah absolutely so like, like i i kind of get where parents get to the look i don't know i hope they learn it from someone else because they are not getting it from me right like there's yeah. some freaking wall there that i can't like, get through uh, in Hilton Head, when Kelly came and was like about to jump on our bed, and I said, "Hey, Kelly, don't jump on the bed," and she just like ran out of the room. <laughs> yeah, if <laughs> I told like, oh, that, okay. she would look at me and then do it in my face. 
<laughs> right. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, that's why I think she's been scared of me ever since then. But <laughs> She'll get whatever. over it. You'll be fine. We'll, we'll be friends when you're older. Yeah. Right now, it's weird. <laughs> I don't know what to do. Yeah, too, yeah, it's but, tough. Yeah. That's why, I, on that note, actually, like my, my four-year-old niece, she's become much more, now that she's four and a half, coming up on five, um, she's a May birthday, so it we're very similar. It's, it's easy for me to keep track of how old she is, because I have a May birthday. Um, right. So when she was not, now that we like see her a lot and she's four, she knows me as uncle Jeff and mm-hmm. she actually knows me. She has, she knows things about me. She knows that I like to play with her on the swings <laughs> that they have in their backyard. She knows things, And mm-hmm. she prefers for whatever freaking reason, she prefers when I push her on the swings <laughs> over her dad. How did you know that? Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> she prefers when you push her on the swings. Yeah. She literally yeah. has a preference for me over her dad pushing her on the swing. She she says Uncle Je- she said last summer Uncle Jeff can you come push me I don't want my daddy to. You're like, all right, <laughs> okay then. So it's just there's something about there's something about other adult figures, other authority figures in kids' lives that they mm-hmm. yeah just react differently to. So this is all in defense yeah. of the mentality of like I really hope the church teaches that or I really hope the school teaches well, that because there is kind of a weird barrier that's hard to break through. So I see where yeah. parents come from. I'm not saying right. it's not your responsibility to do. Oh yeah, because well, it is. Right, but it, I see the difficulty. Yeah, I I completely understand what you're saying, and that is that is the the opposite side of the coin. But it's the whole idea where your your child's education and your child's spiritual growth is just like completely outsourced, and you're like almost to the point where there's parents who are that are angry that they need to assist their children in anything that is typically outside of the four walls of their house it's like what i have to i can't i don't want to work on math with you it's like no you are you are the primary one this is this is you first <laughs> like the the, right. the uh the teachers go and teach the kids but fundamentally you are you are the support system you have to reinforce everything that's going on and that that goes in with life skills exactly like what you were talking about is it's like yes we need to learn to share we need to learn to put our toys away. And it's like those outside influences are so important. Yeah, I think as parents, we are ultimately responsible for what our child ends up learning. Mm-hmm. So we need to make sure that even if we are outsourcing something, we are completely aware of what it is mm-hmm. we are outsourcing. Absolutely. When parents lose track of that, you end up with a school system that starts teaching insane God knows stuff. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. parents were so hands-off for decades. Mm-hmm. And everything slowly drifted, and now we're waking up and realizing uh, they're saying there are how many genders now? Uh, Mm -hmm. They're saying you can trans women are women, trans men are men. Like what? What? Yeah, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And it it happened very slowly, but it it seems like in the last few years it is hitting a fever, hit a fever pitch. Hitting is not a word. The the general the general mentality is that's that's attributed to the fact that all the kids were remote learning. They were remote learning. Teachers, we're not going to, we're not, <laughs> yeah. it's remote learning. No, it's remote, no. not doing anything for a year. That's, that's yeah. what it was. The teachers were refusing to go into the schools because they thought they're going to die from COVID, which they were never going to. Well, most of them weren't. There's plenty of teachers who are older who were genuinely at risk. And I, I'm not going to downplay that, but I know. anyway, the ca- so a bunch the of parents were like, wait, never what? going to be zero. Yeah. yeah it was never going to be zero, but either way so a bunch of parents got to see what their kids were actually learning in school because their t- mm-hmm. eight-year-old was taking online classes 
Like, yep. what in the like? What in the heck is going on here? Like, this mm-hmm. is what I've been sending you to. This is what my money goes to. This is not good enough. And it kind of I, that you know. I mean, I just hope it's a wake up call. Honestly, like I I hope it freaking scared all the snot out of the parents. <laughs> yeah, and and I hope it woke everybody up to the fact that you need to be paying attention and you need to be involved in your child's education. And it would not be anywhere near where it was right now if you were simply taking two seconds out of your life to pay attention. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And speaking of things kids are learning in school now, they're, what they're not learning, we kind of talked about this back in the Mike Rowe episode, mm-hmm. is like the the hands-on skills that are important yeah. in life. The, you know, they're getting rid of wood shop and uh, yep. kind of those, those trades. I loved uh, that class in high school. Yeah. And I also loved the cooking class we had in high school. Yeah. Those were great. Well, that was middle school. That was eighth grade. With, yeah, uh, we had coach, coach Cupcake. Yeah. <laughs> coach Cupcake. Yeah. That's awesome. He was the football was, coach and he was the home ec teacher. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's so cool. Uh, coach Cupcake. I love that. <laughs> Man. He was a nice guy. He was great. He was, he was a, a great teacher. Yeah. He was fun. People, he was uh, some, a little sensitive. Like people would tease him a lot for mm-hmm. being the football coach and the. And the he, home ec guy. You didn't call him because, Coach Cupcake to his face. Oh, uh, well, yeah. Uh, middle schoolers did. He middle was a middle school. Did. He was a middle school football coach. He was, he was an assistant varsity baseball coach. So I knew him for a while. Um, he was a nice guy. But if you got on his bad side, he would. He, he was a coach. He could make you run. You know, mm-hmm. he could punish you. So you don't want to mess with him too much. <laughs> but he was very mess with a bull. Yeah. So uh, mess sword with a bull. Mm hmm. That's uh, yeah, really a combo. Crazy. I'm gonna con- I'm gonna contact Webster immediately. <laughs> really let him know. <laughs> um, so I want to kind of shift gears slightly here. Shift so it. It's Put us in the fourth. same. In, I mean, yeah. Well, maybe six gear. I don't know. Just go. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> really break it, it down. It kind of feels like you're not um, using the clutch pedal for going, the shift, but you yeah, know, we're going it. 20 miles an hour. Yes, <laughs> six gear. Um, <laughs> hopefully, we don't do that. Um, but this is pertaining to what we're talking about, but specifically to boys and the raising of our boys. I don't have a boy yet, but the raising of your boys um, specifically. But something that I've always been very interested in and uh, very passionate about is the whole concept of a rite of passage, which is something that has kind of fallen out of the Western culture altogether. Like the whole idea that there is a transition point specifically, I mean, there is obviously in girls' lives as well, but specifically for boys, there is a there is a point where you shift from being a boy and you become a man. And this whole wave of adolescence as a whole has just been like generally pushed super hard mm-hmm. and accepted as like, you know, you're 20 years old. It's fine that you're still acting Dude, like a child. I recently had someone complain that they had to get their own health insurance because they were turning 27. 27? Like, oh. Well, that's because, that's right. It you ends at 26. At 26, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, I'm sorry. Is this too, what? This is unacceptable. You're 27. So. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah. So in, in that, so basically- I, I was doing some research on this specific topic and I I kind of found this 
person, they kind of encapsulated it exactly for me. And I kind of did a rough draft on this, so bear with me if it doesn't make perfect sense, but we'll okay. go over it. Bearing so this, this is what I wrote down. So as boys begin to biologically, emotionally, and spiritually change, they reach the adult state where they, do no they no longer look to their mothers and women's to affirm them, but they desire the affirmation of older boys and older men. Unfortunately, boys have been getting the wrong message from the wrong sources. Existing around the world, there have been a variety of rituals in which boys are acknowledged as men. In these ceremonies, boys go through various tests to determine their readiness to accept their masculine responsibility. After the ceremony, boys are pronounced to be mature men of the community. The, the elders... I think I screwed that one up. Basically, <laughs> mature going. men of the community by the elders. I just lost my headphones. Oh, I can't hear. It's okay. So by the community. Um, I have completely lost my point now. Tech okay. problems just broke the brain. I know. I Okay, you, you fixed it. I think you fixed it. Yeah, you did. Okay, thank you. Sorry for the technical difficulties, everybody. Oh! Uh, but essentially, by the elders of the community, they're, they're seen as men. reaching manhood. And the whole point of these rituals is the point of like building self-esteem in men and affirming them in masculinity and charging them to live responsibly as men in their communities and in their homes. And uh, <laughs> uh, so this is just something that I've always been extremely passionate about is the whole idea of a true point of transition and a ceremony of that for my son. If I do happen to have the joy of having a son, you know, at some point in my life. And I just think I kind of had m multiple of these in my own life where it's like, there was different points where it was like, there was a transition, but I think it's something that society as a whole would really benefit from is an actual yeah. sort of ceremony to this. Like, I like, feel like high school you're graduation officially responsible. Like, I feel like high school graduation is supposed to be that, but it did not feel like that at all to me. No high school grad just does not mean much. It wasn't, mm -hmm. didn't feel like some big accomplishment. It didn't make me feel like I was an adult ready for the world. It felt like, yay, I'm done with school was kind of the feeling. Mm -hmm. And I agree. Well, we I don't really have a good cultural, you know, Welcome. You are a, a young man, young woman of the of your community. We're excited for you to enter into the adult world. We didn't really have that. It kind of felt like, yay, we're done with school. Mm -hmm. And that was all I really yeah. got. I think something really cool that our dad did was, um, so we were in high school. The three of us were all part of a, a guy's Bible study slash accountability group. And uh, mm -hmm. our senior year, all well, the actually, graduated those are, seniors. Those are unrelated. Yes, our dad, um, this is only while we were in high school. Um, mm -hmm. When all the seniors graduated, he, my dad would host, um, uh, I'm going to misspeak here. It, w it wasn't a Bible study. I guess it was like an event or like a, yeah, kind of like a rite of passage event where uh, he would just give a talk about what it means to be a man. And, you know, you're not in high school anymore. You're, you're an adult now. Mm -hmm. And we, he gave us actual man cards. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 
like we all joke about, like, oh, give me your man card. We my literally made, have them. He, my dad made real man cards. Mine's still in my wallet. I've had it in my wallet for years now. Yeah. Um, I lost the wallet that had just, it in it. It's just bullet points um, that say uh, it's from a biblical uh, perspective, like what it means to be a man. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was really cool that our dad did that, that he, he saw it. He, he valued it enough to you know, take his time and mm-hmm. host a, an event like that and to give a talk. And um, I think, I think it was cool that he saw the importance of that. And then that'll be something that'd be great if we did for our kids as well. 18 years from now. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. I just feel like if there, if something like a stark contrast and it's something that I have years to develop, but I actually really want to like, you know, find out what that means to me personally but basically have a stark contrast or even like in the family, it's like, okay, you left a boy. We went on this specific guy's thing. I don't know if it could be a camping trip. It could be whatever it is, but it's a specific event where you're specifically going. It's like, you're going to leave here a boy. And when you come back, you're going to be treated as if you're a man, you're going to have way more responsibility than you already have. I, I agree with this a lot. Hold on. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's like you're going to have way more responsibility than you have. You're going to have legitimate say within our family. You're not just you're not a kid anymore. You're a man. But you're part of this family. It's like I may still be the leader, but you're going to be brought in on certain conversations now. Like you have a lot more responsibility, but you also have a lot more authority over your life, and I'm going to I'm going to expect more of you in this position because you are more. And I find that there is a lot of even manhood as a whole is the whole rising to the occasion. It's like, if nothing is asked of you, then you're not going to give it. Right. This is, I mean, I said this last week when I talked about how I needed to move out. Mm-hmm. And part of the reason I needed to move out was because it, one of the things that it benefits you in is these type of things. It mm-hmm. forces you to be considered your own person. Yeah. Where basic things like, Hey, what are the Christmas plans this year? I need to be asked as a 19 year old, we're trying mm-hmm. to make Christmas plans. What works for you? Yes. That's you are Absolutely. now part of the family making the plans. You're not just a kid. who's like, I don't know. He's home. What is he? He's my son. He's in the house. It's like, no, <laughs> yeah. I am my own person. I live in another town. You have to mm-hmm. ask me what the plans are and if they work with my schedule. And yeah. yeah. So what I'm saying here is, I had to move out in order to like initiate that kind of transition Mm -hmm. from child to young adult who's making his way in the world. And it would have been nice in retrospect, parents, if you do hear this, love you to death, but it would have been nice if we had a very clear, now you are an adult. We are treating you as Mm -hmm. one. Cause I felt like when I was at home, I just wasn't, I was just a kid again. And yeah, it still feels that way. Sometimes it's still, when you go home, it still feels that way. Like, (laughs) which is a good thing. It's like a nostalgic feeling. So so, I was gonna say this earlier, but I'm gonna throw it in here now mm -hmm. to to my mom's credit. She is such a mom. Mm -hmm. She is just so the best thing that she ever did with her entire life was mom. She was a very, (laughs) she loves being a mom. If the kids are over, she loves it. She asks Mm -hmm. to change diapers when they go to the bathroom. Like, Oh, I'll take care of them. She loves that stuff. Mm-hmm. And you know it's to the detriment that once you become an adult, she still loves doing that stuff. And you're like, "Mom, stop it!" I haven't worn diapers in a long time. Uh, yes. So 
I don't need help shower. I, yeah, it's fine. I, I can <laughs> <Yeah>. handle this. <laughs> but she is Dude. she she loves mommy and she loves being a, a mom to the grandkids. You know, it's like it. She was all in on that life and she was very passionate yeah. and loving about it and great. But it meant that when I became eighteen, it didn't stop. And having a clear distinction there would have been huge. So this is a understanding that even other cultures have actually like they figured it out. They don't have it in words, but they figured it out. Like specifically in African cultures, which is where the rite of passage is a big thing. There was a point where literally all the men would go out in the middle of the night in the village and they would call out to the mother. We, um, we have come for your son or you've come for your boy. And she would go, I do not want to give you my boy. And his father of the village would literally say, come out, son. And then he would come out and he would have to leave his mom and go out to all the men and all the men would cheer and they would leave together and they would go live in a completely separate area away from the mother. Because the fact is that mothers want a mother. That is like, it's ingrained within them. So it's like, you're not going to have that stark contrast of transition because your mom doesn't want you to go. Like it's within her to not release that part of you. And the thing is, is as fathers, we are the ones that have to generate that separation and it's not easy. And it's not even going to be easy for us because it's like, I couldn't imagine like, especially with my daughter, like, Oh my word with my daughter. Um, That's going to be so hard. Well, I mean, that's a totally different thing, but specifically with boys, it's just like, like we kind of have to stand in the gap for not only for our wives, but also for our sons and for that relationship as a whole. And I think that they, like the whole psychology even behind that makes so much sense to me. It yeah. does. Well, I like that it's just a ritual. It's a, it's a cultural thing. Mm-hmm. Your African story there. It's like, it's good for the kid and for the mom. Like this is going to happen whether you wanted to or not. Yeah. And uh, you, you, it let, lets you prepare for it emotionally more. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, that's really cool. It's interesting how there's so many... There's so many things even just in general that we are so willing to do away with. Like, wait, why? It's, that's stupid. Why do we even care about that? That doesn't mean anything. It's like, well, you know, somehow there's some secret knowledge in that ritual that you can't really extract why it's beneficial, but they've been doing it for years and it works really well. And as soon as you get rid and of even it, you though, start having weird problems. Yeah, and you, go, what you suddenly happened? have weird problems. Like, hey, let's get rid of the nuclear family. Maybe there's a reason we shouldn't do that. Yeah, and maybe we don't entirely understand because it's a very abstract, complex thing of why we shouldn't, like, why we need to keep it. And I can't tell you exactly why and give you all the reasons and you want to get rid of it. But it's like, maybe it has real significance into creating constructive members of society. Maybe. And I can't tell you why, but we know that it does. <laughs> yeah. So we're rewatching. I'll, I'll rant about this for a second and then we should probably end because it's, it's late. Yeah. We're rewatching one of our favorite shows, which is how I met your mother. Mm-hmm. And in it, one of the main characters, his name is Barney. His whole character is that he is just this utterly screwed up guy who has a good heart. Basically mm-hmm. he's very screwed up morally and sexually, but he has a good heart and really actually tries to care about his friends. Great character. Mm-hmm. Well, the reason in the show that is given for why he is a screwed up guy 
is because his mom had him and his brother from two different fathers and neither father was present in their life. Wow. And all I could think when rewatching this show again in 2022 was Mm -hmm. this show would pass as conservative today (laughs) where when it aired, it was kind of to me like, Ooh, this is like, this is kind of risque. This is, you know, this is more than my mother would let me watch when I first watched it. And it's just funny to me that things like, yeah, the reason why he's so screwed up sexually is because he didn't have a father. Mm-hmm. The reason why he acts like a child a lot, a lot of the time is because he didn't really grow up. And it's like, yes, we used to all know that in 2010 when this show was coming out. Everyone knew this. Yeah. And 12 years later, it's like, well, that's I, I, I literally found it shocking to rewatch one of my favorite shows and go, that's funny. Their commentary on the character of Barney and why he's so messed up and overly empathetic in some ways, but totally messed up in others. It's because he was raised by a mom and no dad. That's huh. that's yeah, funny. Very interesting. Well, I that think is, fatherlessness is either the biggest indicator or one of the one of the biggest indicators of um, you know being at risk of being imprisoned or um, I don't know. Doing, I think the stat was seventy percent of kids in juvie had no fathers or something like that. Right. Yeah. Or or abusive fathers. Or, or abusive something. fathers. Yeah. Yeah. So actually, interesting thing is the. Recent uh, interview between uh, Ben Shapiro and Jordan Peterson, they were actually talking about that. Actually, no, I'm wrong. It was the podcast with Joe Rogan and Ben Shapiro. Uh, he was talking about that, and and Ben brought up the fact that it's not even just fathers in the homes. It's whether or not there's fathers in homes in the community yeah, can have a stark decrease. If you have close friends' dads in your life, that's significant. Yes. Right. Just that alone will come like drastically affect. So it's like, even if let's say you never have, like, let's say I never get to have a kid ever. It's like, if I could have impact in other boys lives and other girls lives, I could drastically change the course of their life just by being a good role model. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's so much pressure and also so rewarding at the same time. It's it's, it's that sense of community that, well, this is, I, I think that sense of community, the thing that really destroyed it was social media because it blew our communities mm-hmm. up to too big to manage. Yeah. Which is where this little complex where the human mind apparently, um, there's studies about this, you can Google it. Like you only have the capacity to really remember about three or 400 people and anything beyond that, you just can't. Mm-hmm. You just, your mind cannot handle that many individual faces and names and memories. It just can't do it. There's a, there's a limit there. And that's because that's the size of community. Really. It's like a hundred people that you really know and social media has just wrecked that where we, mm-hmm. everyone is just in contact with way too many people all the dang time. And this sense right. of like, yes, I care about my neighbor's kids mm-hmm. is lost because it's like, I don't know. There's, there's, there are kids, there's kids online. There's kids over here. There's kids in Minnesota that I follow kids in Florida who I'm friends with. It's like, there's people everywhere. It's like, it used to be, even if you didn't have kids, there was kids in your area. There's kids in your schools, kids in your neighborhoods that you you just you're a part of the community. You help out, and mm-hmm. I feel like that's really been lost because social media has just crushed it. Yeah, but that's a theory. There is no proof for that. That is a theory right out of my ears. So, needless to say, I don't have all the answers now, obviously, but it is something that I am very passionate about, and I think that it is one of the more life skills things that has just kind of gone by the wayside and I think is a lot more impactful than we give it credit for as a whole. Yeah. 
So, yeah. All right. Well, I think we can wrap that one up, you know? Yeah. Thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah. We kind of talked about the thing we said we we're going to talk about. I mean, we definitely did. No, we did. Absolutely. We did. I think. <laughs> Jeff, you're making a second guess ourselves. What are you talking about? <laughs> I don't even remember so, what the topic was. I liked where it ended, but uh, I don't remember where we started. <laughs> yeah, I got some feedback from uh, my friend Nate. Mm-hmm. So he was tuned into the live stream a minute ago. and what? Tremendous. We had a viewer. Yeah, it's because I, while we were recording, I actually did an Instagram uh, story. Oh, for cool. I actually things. mistyped hello chat and wrote hell it's chat. It's just hell chat, yes. <laughs> Sub hell chat. Welcome to the hell chat. Welcome to hell chat. <laughs> um, but Nate said, uh, he shared the podcast with one of his friends. He was like, they have trouble staying on topic, don't they? And they said, yeah, they do, but it's fun. Or so- something like that. Like uh-huh. he, he defended us, but that was that was someone's observation is that we... We, we we wander a lot. <laughs> Which as long is true. as the wandering I, makes sense, then I who cares? I, it's not like I just I, randomly yelled jellyfish and then we start talking about jellyfish. You know, we get to the conversations naturally. We, we desire a loose structure here. Yeah. Yes. I I'm fine with that. If people aren't fine with that, then I guess this isn't the podcast. <laughs> you know, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know. We struggle. We're the three of us are close friends we talk all the time and that would the conversation just goes where it goes so it it's does. you know whatever um so we're gonna wrap it up if yeah you ha- wow there goes my phone and my microphone if you haven't followed us on the socials be free to feel free to do that um i finally got the instagram going during this recording again i hadn't posted nice. anything in a long time um so i'm trying it's just not something to think about a lot but uh, we're more active on Twitter. You can yeah. follow us on Twitter. We like to poke the bee's nest on Twitter. And you know, is there any other purpose to Twitter than poking the bee's nest? That's Twitter's just a troll's <laughs> haven. <laughs> on that uh, note, I did I did have another tweet recently that was one of those the newest vaccine studies say that like oh yeah it's definitely it definitely does affect the menstrual cycle. And oh, when yeah. I it, like that's now been that's now okay to talk about. But I literally told my family when the vaccines were first coming out that our pediatrician told us not to get it because we had, Alan was pregnant and she was like, look, this vaccine has some effect on the menstrual cycle. I'm not recommending it for women who are pregnant or trying to become pregnant. And we're like, okay. And we told our family that they're like, no, like, yes, we, we were told this by our doctor, by a doctor. Like she said, we're not recommending yeah. it for pregnant or women who are trying to become pregnant. Cause it, she said she's observed it messing with menstrual cycles. And yeah, she we were was told, right. <laughs> Kelsey was told by her OB to wait. Yeah. And we're still waiting. Uh, you know. And it looks like we, the budget, we ha- not saying yeah, it was the ha- right choice, but it might have been. Well, I, we had a Davis and we're still okay. <laughs> we had a Davis. <laughs> We've both had COVID now. And um, maybe if you had the vaccine, you wouldn't have been sick for nearly as long or as bad. Yeah. But I don't know. True. Now that everyone's with the vaccines, still getting sick with Omicron. Yeah. Um, you know, I've. I am seemingly avoiding all that since I got hit hard a month ago, a month and a half ago. Um, mm. I've I've been fine since then, so I don't know. It seems like I've got some natural immunity, and uh, I didn't have to get sick from getting the vaccine that a lot of people had to deal with. So I don't know, guys. I'm just 
Do what you want. Okay? Just me. That's how it should have been from the get-go. Read the stuff. Do your what Just you want. <laughs> informed, yeah, informed consent. That is what is missing. Yes. There, when there's misinformation out there, there's no way I can consent to anything. And I said that on a previous episode where I'm pretty much confused to inaction. Yeah, um, that's that's definitely an accurate feeling. Yeah, I don't know what to believe. I'm just living my life. I don't know if I don't know how dangerous this crap is. I whatever. Anyway, I didn't mean to go on a COVID rant there. Rant over. Uh, yeah. Anyway, rant we're on social over. media. Uh, Twitter is at the DDD Pod, I believe. Mm-hmm. Is that our handle? Sounds accurate. I think so. If you search Jazz Divers and Drinks, you can find it. Um, anyway, Nate, you're still here. You are a true fan, dude. Yeah. Welcome to the end. We're glad you're here. And uh, <laughs> it's a real conversation. You're a real conversation, that's right. Nate. Uh, we need to have him back on sometime as well. Absolutely. We do have the next big chunk of episodes planned out, so we will. We're we're prepared. We're prepared this time. Absolutely. Coming in hot with 2022. Oh, he says, can't wait to be back on. Terrific. Nice. This is fun, guys. <laughs> we're live. This is so new. new. <laughs> he's a friend, oh. but we have, he's watching. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, but now I'm going to turn it off. So. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, Nate. Got to go. Thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah. We'll talk to you next week. Bye. Cheers. Cheers.